Welcome back to the Drunk Turkey Show. I want to say first and foremost, Merry Christmas from us to you guys. Hope you guys are staying safe and enjoying your time with your family. I'm Daniel J. Alongside with me, as always, is Jaime and Big Blue. Merry Christmas to you guys as well and to your family. How, how are y'all doing today, Jaime? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Merry Christmas to you and everyone out there listening to us. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And what about you, Big Blue? How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Merry Christmas to everybody. I'm just here enjoying you know, my kids here opening up their gifts and playing with all their little stuff. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Awesome. Awesome. And so um, what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be bringing up the mystery man that was seen in both body cam footages back in August, back in September at the 1122 King Road um, apartment uh, or building there in Moscow, Idaho, the place where this heinous crime took place. And thanks to Truth and Transparency, uh, putting out this in, um, video out there, we've been able to dissect it. And thanks to you guys, our viewers, for coming in clutch on the tip line. We put out a video yesterday. Uh, we really couldn't figure out who this guy was. We had a couple of, couple of folks that we thought maybe resembled him, but we weren't sure. And so we put a video out there asking you guys to help us locate him. And you guys did not fail. You guys came through within minutes. Within minutes, we got some emails. We got some text messages and stuff. Um, I'm not sure if those guys want to throw out their name yet. So um, I'm going to leave them. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I'm going to leave their name out for right now. I'm going to ask them later. Anonymous. Anonymous. Yeah, we're going to leave them out for right now. And I'll ask them later if it's okay to say their name. And on our live show tomorrow night, make sure you watch, hit that notification button, ring that subscribe bell so you're not missing any of our, our content. We'll be uh, shouting them out if they want to come out. But within minutes of us putting that show out, we got we got some, um, some information, y'all. We got the information and we got the name Hunter Johnson. Now, this is Hunter here in the middle. As you can see, he's a taller gentleman. Uh, he has a uh, that necklace around his neck. Um, longer hair looks to be him. Um, not sure when this post was up, but this this pretty much looks like. Him. Do you guys think that this is the this guy here? Sure, looks like him. That necklace kind of kind of doesn't help, yeah, huh? Yeah, the giveaway. Dude, I haven't seen those since like the early nineties. Yeah, man. <laughs> I know. It's crazy, man. So this is Hunter, and this is his girlfriend, Emily, who at one point, very recently, I think as recent as um, <clears throat> earlier this year, perhaps last year, uh, she lived in that apartment complex. Here recently, or in that, at the same house there at 1122, I call it an apartment complex because there's like six different people that are renting rooms out of there, uh, but let's just call it the house. Uh, this lady here rented a room out of that house. There was another guy who rented a room out of that house who came out recently in the uh, media and talked about uh, there being creaks, loud noises, things of that nature in the house. Um, it just kind of seems that there's a lot of turnover in this house. You know, the police came out early and said this was a targeted event. They stated they didn't know who the target was, whether it was a residence or the, or, or the occupants of the residence. With so much turnover, do you think that this possibly could have been a misidentification type of situation? We'll start off with you, Jaime. Um, it could be. It could be. Um, there was uh, at one point when I was had this theory where uh, 
maybe the two surviving roommates were targets and they were confused with the girls upstairs since right. they kind of have the same height, same somewhat color hair, but in the dark, you can't really tell, you know what I mean? Right. But right. It, it could be, it could be, that could be the situation. Yeah, somebody thinking that somebody that they're very upset with uh, still lives there, occupies that 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 complex. Yeah, and completely. Uh, we're mistaken. What about you, Big Blue? Do you think that's a possibility in the situation? That, you know, given the time frame in which this happened, between three and four in the morning, yeah, uh, there's mean, been a be- lot of speculation that it happened at three thirty-eight. Um, alcohol may be involved. Do you think that could be a possibility, Blue? I, it could be a possibility. Um... And it, it is hard to see in the dark when you're fumbling through rooms and stuff like that. But who knows um, how exactly it went down. You never know if you just flash the lights and they woke up and, oh, I'm in the wrong room. But I got to take care of them because they saw me. Or right. they screaming at me. For sure. And so this is the um, the girlfriend. Her name is um, Emily Alden. She is currently, according to her Facebook, not with Hunter anymore. Uh, you can see here she's friends with uh, Madison and Zana Kernoodle. Uh, I'm not sure who that person is, but this is who she is. Here is a picture um, from Emily's um, social media account. You have Hunter back here with the glasses. You can tell also because he's still sporting the uh, necklace here. You have Ethan. You have Zana here. I believe this is, um, I think this is Ethan's brother, and this is uh, Peter, the guy that we were looking at as a possibility of being this guy yesterday. This guy is not him. It is not Peter. It is Hunter. Uh, so they knew. He knew Ethan. He knew Zana. Um, he was in the house. He was familiar with Kaylee. He was there um, outside sitting down on the uh, couch when, the, the police showed up on the noise complaint. Right? Yeah. And so yeah. Here's a picture of him at the residence. You can tell by the background. Mm-hmm. Now, who is Hunter Johnson? This is this is from Phi Delta Theta, uh, University of Idaho. This was in February of this year. So it says, this week's senior spotlight which means unless, you know, maybe perhaps he's there another year, super senior or something of that nature. I would have assumed that he graduated this past spring. Right. And so he's still hanging out after graduation. He's probably still around their same age. You know, Kaylee was supposed to be graduating this year uh, or this upcoming spring. Um, This gentleman here, he, um, he graduated last year. It says this week, senior spotlight Hunter Johnson. Hunter is majoring in athletic training. He has been a our homecoming chair, as well as in oh well, as well as our intramural chair. When not focusing on school, Hunter loves to win uh, intramurals for the house. After college, he hopes to become an athletic trainer for a professional NBA or NFL team. Wish you the best, Hunter. Now, Adam played basketball at some point and whether it was in high school he was apparently a star uh, basketball player don't think he transitioned that into the university of idaho but he played on his uh on his fraternity team and in competitions on um with amongst the different fraternities in the town 
Hunter, I found him on Facebook, looked him up on the social medias, things of that nature. I don't see a connection that he's not following or being followed by Adam. Uh, I'm not sure if there's that close of a connection with this guy outside of potentially this guy wanted to be a athletic trainer for an NBA team or basketball. And Adam played basketball. Do you guys see that this guy maybe being somebody that would know Adam enough that he would run to him at at one thirty in the morning uh, or Adam would texting or calling him, telling him something about Maddie and Kaylee? Um, I don't think there's enough evidence to uh, support that he knew him that personal. You know what I mean? Right. Right. What about you, Big yeah, Boy? I don't think so either, especially since they weren't in the same um, like frat house or they weren't in the same group group. I mean, they probably knew each other at school, probably. But they're big schools, man. You never know everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And, and you know, the other thing is, you know, he clearly had a, um, a friendship at, at the very least with Kaylee. You know, he was there twice at their house while Kaylee was an occupant of the residence. Um, you know, there was a report earlier this year that Zana, Zana's dad went and, and fixed the uh, the locks or replaced the locks. I wonder if that has something to do with, like, the parties that were there, the people that were allowed to go through the house, things of that nature. It seems like there's a lot of turnover there. I wouldn't be surprised if this was Zana's first semester in that house as well you know and and that she hadn't lived there very long and had some concerns of people coming in and out of the house to the point that her dad had to go and fix the locks yeah that's starting to make a little bit of sense to me um i want to say before we move on forward we're also going to talk about uh, Jack DeCore's family member coming out and speaking on behalf of Jack DeCore. It's very, very important. And we're going to touch a little bit more on Hunter. But before we do so, I want to say a special thanks to Rich Scanlon. He is, um, sent us a $4.99 super comment uh, saying thank you. Uh, yesterday, we appreciate that. Thank you very much. And you have a blessed and happy Merry Christmas. Um, so... Do you got uh, how suspicious are you guys of, of Hunter kind of knowing his his background a little bit from what we could find? Mm-hmm. It seems like he was um, dating somebody that lived in that house at one point, sparked a friendship with Kaylee and was around during the loud noise complaints. But I don't really see a connection to Adam or. Yeah. What do you all think? We'll start off with you, Hunter. Um, yeah, man, like, I don't see the connection either with him and, and Adam. And I do see the, you know, the connection he has with the house itself. You know what I mean? Um, considering that he, he did know that, well, you said his ex used to live in one of those rooms, right? Rented out one of those rooms, right? Yeah. And I'm sure he's been in the, he's been in the house a couple of times that we've seen. Mm-hmm. So like he knows the layout and all that stuff. Not saying that he's a suspect, but you know he does know his way around it, and right. does know the, the the victims too. Right. Yeah. He's he seems to at least know Kernertle, uh, uh, Zana, that is uh, Ethan, Kaylee, Madison. Being how close she was of a friend to Kaylee, uh, I would I'd find it harder to believe that she wasn't an acquaintance of his. You know 
than him not them not knowing each other if that makes sense what about you big blue are you drawing any lines? Does anything stand out to you referencing the situation? No, nothing like connects him to like the murders, but just connecting to the house. I mean, he's been there for a couple of parties and they've been living there for a while. They've met. I mean, like, mm-hmm. but if his ex girlfriend doesn't live there no more, then he has like no reason to be there no more. That's true. That's true. Uh, that is extremely true. Now, when I went to um, <clears throat> Emily's um, social media account, and I'm going to do that real quick, and I think that there's a possibility that that breakup may have occurred here recently because this picture here was uploaded. This picture here was uploaded November 1st. And this is where you have um, you have Hunter, you have Ethan, you have Zana in this picture. Uh, she's in this picture as well. Now, could they have just you know still been friends? Perhaps. Oh, she knew Maddie, so I'm, like I said, they're, I'm fairly positive they were all friends. Uh, not sure when this post came out that she was single, but as of November 1st, so just a little bit over a month ago, there was a picture. This was prior to uh, the incident that occurred. Maybe perhaps she knows something about the incident and maybe that's why they're no longer a, a, a thing. Um, but yeah, you're right. If If she wasn't living there and oh, you know what, though? The girl who opened the door on the ninth incident on September 1st is believed to have been it. Some folks thought it was um, it was Bethany. Yeah, but it's not. It is believed it was it was uh, it was Emily who opened the door and that they were celebrating her 21st birthday, I believe. Oh, yeah. A lot of people were on the comments and then other, um, you know, um, YouTube channels that were saying that. They thought that it was Bethany, and if it was her, why didn't she just, uh, since she's part of the the lease, you know, that why didn't she just stay there and talk to the cops herself? But um, you're saying that's um, Emily, right? Right, yeah. It's been, uh, it's my opinion that that was Emily who opened the door. Um, I'm going to try to find a, a picture that doesn't look too too long time ago. Let's see. Yeah, so it, she's just uh, celebrating her birthday there. And she can say, I'm not on the lease. I'm not the one to blame. So mm-hmm. go look for somebody that's on the lease. But it's crazy. And nobody that was on the lease was there. And they're celebrating a birthday there. Right, right. So this is who we suspect maybe have opened that door that day um, for that party. And so if that ends up being the case, that was after, that was on September 1st, I believe. The incident during the day was on October 16th. So that was after the fact. There's a good possibility that this girl was inside. And the fact that he went outside was just to probably because, well, he had graduated last year. So um, obviously he was over the age of 21 unless he was super advanced in, um, in his studies that he was graduating at a younger age. Um, not seeing that based on. You know, he was an athletic trainer and things like that. Those aren't usually um, 
um, you don't usually graduate early in those type of, um, you know, usually if you're one of these savants that are graduating at the age of 16, it's like in law, medicine, things of that nature, right? And so based on that, you can kind of put two and two together and, and say that this young man um, was old enough to have been consuming alcohol and probably went outside with Kaylee to show that there was people of age in the house so that the cops didn't have to go into the house and search everybody. I think that makes a lot more sense. And the fact that the police department released that tape leads me to believe that there's probably not much there. What do you think? No, I agree. Um, it, if they released it, there's pretty much not a lot on that video to bring uh, suspicion. Uh -huh. But I still I still don't know why they haven't even released a 911 call. Right. No, I agree, man. I agree. Uh, it, it's one of those things that you would assume that that would come out first unless there's something in that island one call that it, that would be so suspicious that it would allow it would put a, an arrow at a, at somebody and let's just say it's somebody they cleared let's think of ronald logan you know ronald logan was lying and doing all these things about his alibi and all this stuff in the delphi case come to find out he was doing that because he was operating a vehicle, possibly driving, violating his probation, ended up with him going to jail for two years, just about. And so it ended up being that there was an alternate reason for the lie or whatever. And, you know, perhaps there's something on there that they feel might point a direction. They haven't shown, they haven't put out anybody's alibi. They haven't put out anybody who's been cleared as to why they believe they're to be cleared or not to have been involved, I should say. Uh, and so let's just say it was, I'm going to just throw out a random name, a, a guy named David that was on the phone call and they got David's alibi and his alibi checks out and they know that it's not him, but the circumstances behind him making the phone call seem a little bit suspicious. That might put a lot of eyes from folks like us that are trying to help out in this case and help out put information on this case and maybe go down the wrong direction and make somebody a, uh, you know, make another victim out of this case, so to speak. You know, I'm seeing, I'm thinking maybe there's that possibility, or maybe there is something there on that 911 tape that they're not letting go. You know, it is what it is. You guys let us know in the comment section what you guys think as far as why they're not letting out, letting go the the, the 911 tape. Now, the next thing we're going to talk about. Uh, well, before we move off of this topic, do you guys have any last questions or concerns about this topic referencing um, Hunter? Um, no, it's just like if if we have more evidence or, you know, more evidence comes to light that he's more involved in this case, which I doubt, you know what I mean? We don't have enough right now, but uh, I think the cops or the law enforcement is going to be, you know, I think they already know. They already know who the, who might be a suspect. Uh -huh. um, then they're just trying to put some kind of like pressure on 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 the on the perp, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. And and Robert Lehner, who is the um, one of the uh, police, he's he works with the Moscow Police Department. He's like their information officer. Um, one of the captains that's in there, he said 
earlier, he said, we're not releasing specific details because we do not want to compromise this investigation. He said in, in a video statement, because we owe that to the families and we owe that to the victims. We want more than just an arrest. We want a conviction. Seems like they might have somebody in mind. Maybe not. What do you guys think based on that, that they are not releasing certain information that they have, which I, I would I would honestly think of that as being obvious. The police aren't going to go out there and give everything, especially key information. Mm-hmm. It does say if they're releasing something, you know, if, to look at it in uh, from the other direction, if they're releasing information, then it may not be that important. Yeah. I, outside of the car, I think the white car is important. Now, there's rumors and speculation that there's a uh, audio, um, there's an audio screen that somebody has picked up, like on a ring device or something nearby, uh, which we know there is a ring device at the nearby residence where I think it was Plunder who put out a video. Um, There was an attempted car burglary um, or something like that, or somebody messed with a car at one of the houses in between Adam's either current or old house and the victim's house. And in that conversation that they had with police, they mentioned they were putting a ring camera. So there's been some speculation out there that there was a a, a scream heard on a ring camera at about 3.38 and around 3.40, 3.45, that there's a white vehicle passing by the A&W gas station heading out south of town, which makes sense to me when you look at the initial um boundary lines that they put out as far as um where they're wanting to get tape from they made up the entire neighborhood south of where the um you know let's just pull it out real quick so hopefully my points don't get go all jacked up again and having problems with it so these green markers here are the points the boundary in which the police had um, put out there an oppressor that they were looking for video surveillance um, from of the night of the, of the incident. And they go all the way down, leading south out of town. And so if, and, and I say if, and if there was a vehicle, and this is where that A&W is, and that um, gas station that they think or claim or it's been rumored to believe that a white Hyundai Elantra was speeding away from here at 3, 340, 345 in the morning or something like that. Um, if somebody, if they got a video of somebody leaving this direction, maybe turning south, that could point as to why they were looking at looking for surveillance so far south. And if they don't know how they got there or if they don't see that white vehicle arriving at the scene from this area one can speculate that that vehicle either was already there earlier in the day and they just left at 3 45 in the morning or they arrived there by other means whether it was from the neighborhood or another adjacent neighborhood going into it but they did leave south according to the rumors now, those things make sense when you look at what they've put out there, but they haven't, you know, said it officially yet. Just wanted to put that out real quick. Yeah. But do, do you guys have any questions about that? Um, 
when it comes down to the Robert, uh, was it Lanier? So yeah. Um, yeah. What he said, Lanier. Um, what he said about his statement, they they don't want to compromise uh, the investigation and uh, they they don't want just an arrest. They want a, a conviction. It makes me believe like they have someone in their sights, and mm-hmm. they're just trying to um, mount up evidence against this person or persons. You know what I mean? For sure. What about you, Big Blue? Do you think that police are onto somebody? They're just trying to gather the information. And, you know, there's also this other thing where they did come out and say that they don't know where the individual may be at. Maybe perhaps they just he's, he's eluded their the arrest. What do you think, Big Blue? Well, I think if they knew the exact individual and, and he was eluding the arrest, they would at least put a bulletin out for him. To find them, That's true. so they, I don't think they're there yet. But I think they don't want to put the information out yet because you know when everything goes to court, people can manipulate some of the information and try to say you know I did this or this happened and I, I did the opposite. So they have to have concrete evidence to be able to get somebody convicted. So that's why I think they're not putting everything out. Um, Makes a lot of sense. Yep. Yeah. What? What? They? What? They still. If it's underage, the person of underage, they will still out, put out a bulletin. But I believe so. I don't think that the age would make a difference. It's more of the safety of the public. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a there was this transcript that I read, and that supposedly was the transcript for uh, for the nine one one call. Mm-hmm. But I can't say it was. Uh, I, I saw it on four chan, so I don't know. I don't know how that's how how valid that is, but I did see a transcript, and I'm not gonna say it's gonna it's real or nothing because I don't I just don't know. I'd rather hear the real thing being released from the for law enforcement. Now, based on that transcript you read, just kind of curious, and I'll tell you whether it's real or not. Does it say that somebody else passed out, or is, are they talking about the person that's passed out as one of the victims that was like Ethan or Santa? The from what it was just a small post, and then like I. I exited it out and I came back to it and I couldn't find it anymore. But no. I, from what I remember, they I just remember seeing the 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 address and they said that their friend was passed out. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't responding. That's that's all I saw. But like I said, I, it could have been maybe it's you know it could be that's just fake. Right. I mean, it could be. There's a, there's a lot that are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much out there that 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 can be there. You know, I can I'm going to look at the uh, the transcript real not the transcript. I'm sorry. The the timeline. Uh, I want to I'm looking it up from the press release so that way we can be accurate on this. Um, see, this is the uh, right here. Detectives are seeking outside surveillance from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Sunday, November 13th from businesses, residents within the geographical area listed below uh, West Taylor Avenue. West Palouse River, Highway 95 to the 2700 block of Highway 95 South and the uh, Botanical Gardens. And so that was what we just showed you guys. Um, So right here it says, uh, let me go to the timeline as far as. Let's see. That's the investigation. I'll find that in a second. 
And so this is the investigation and room and control. There's just so much that they've put out there. I want to read where it says where they talk about the 911 call. Basically, what they had said on there, what I had read was that they believe that one of the persons that was a second floor victim was who they assumed was the uh, person that was uh, passed out. All right. On November 13th, the surviving roommates summoned friends to the residence because they believed one of the second floor victims had passed out and was not waking up. Okay, so this isn't um, one of the first floor folks that passed out because they saw somebody or any of those things. It is because they believed one of the second floor victims had passed out and was not waking up. That's why they called the friends. Right now, perhaps something happened in the time that the friends got there and the police get called. But if they're calling their friends because somebody passed out. And then whoever calls 911, because it wasn't one of the surviving roommates, it was some somebody that they called in based on the information that we have. The call came in as an unconscious person. So all that leads me to believe that there wasn't anybody that passed out because they saw somebody. Um, now, my belief has been that the uh, perp locked the door behind him and locked all the door you know the second floor bedroom and the third floor bedroom behind him and that the surviving roommates couldn't make entry into either of the doors couldn't get anybody to answer when they called out their name or phone couldn't get anybody to acknowledge them thus it, it turned into a um, you know they called their friends to help them then it turned into a welfare check uh, so that's kind of where i'm leading on that one if you know i'm i get the theory behind somebody passing out and that's why they would call that but I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. So, well, before we go, any last words on that aspect? And then we're going to get into Jack DeCourse family. Start off with you, Big Blue. Uh, no, I mean, I think we're, we're good for right now. We just have to wait and see when more information comes out. Mm -hmm. Go from there. Cause... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What about you, Jaime? Any 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 words? Yeah, um, pretty much um, hopefully they released the number one um, call, and because um, um, I'm pretty sure the one that I saw on Torchen is not not the the real one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, as 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 long as they start releasing uh, more more evidence or you know what I mean video footage, because I know they have different videos footage that we have. Um, I believe that they're just gonna get closer and closer to the perp. For sure. For sure. And, uh, and time will tell. You know, we're going to get some more information out there. And I think there'll be a resolution here pretty soon. Now, the next article we're going to read or touch on is uh, from the New York Post. Vilified ex-boyfriend of slain Idaho student Kaylee Goncalves devastated from the family. So this says here, one man considered one man once considered a person of interest uh, in the murder of the ex-girlfriend and three other United uh, University of Idaho students is crushed. And quoted, lost the love of his life and devastated that some consider him a suspect in the slaughter. A family member has told the Post. Now, first thing I found pretty interesting is it says the man once considered a person of interest. I wonder where they got that from. The police never mentioned him as a person of interest or, or to the public, that is. Do you well, think the family told them he was a person of interest at one point? Uh... Oh, I mean, 
um, the dad was coming out saying that at one point they were saying that they, they were getting some people, some persons of interest cleared out too quick too. So mm -hmm. it could be, it could, they probably heard it from them. I'm just saying, I don't know if the New York Post would come out and just say that he was a person of interest unless the family or the police department informed him that he was a person of interest. And what I mean by family, I'm talking about the person who's making this statement, Jack's family. Yeah. What do you think, Blue? I think that um, they probably considered that he was a person of interest when they started calling and asking where he was at. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's still kind of like you're interested in me knowing where I'm at and what I did last night. So that's probably where they got that confusion from. Cause I, mm -hmm. I haven't heard nothing from the police clearing him. Like, well, saying that he was a person of interest, just cleared him as somebody that was affiliated to the, the girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we'll continue. Speaking publicly for the first time, Brooke Miller said her nephew, Jack DeCore, is currently surrounded by family and friends and grieves Kaylee Goncalves. He's not only lost the love of his life and what we all thought and he probably thought as well would be his future wife. You know, get married, have kids and all of that. But also half of America thinks he could be responsible for the he, the heinous killings, uh, said Miller. Now, they all thought and he thought that this woman was going to be the love of his life. Like... Is that something where if you look at, you know, you possibly are are losing the your wife, future wife, the love of your life. Is that something that you guys think could be a uh, reason to to do something like this? Uh, man, there's people out there that get the, the smallest reasons to do real bad things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this. Could have been triggered, could have not, could have not, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he's involved, I don't know where, you know, like, how, why they, they cleared him, stuff like that. But, like, I can see how people can fall into that, that mindset, you know, of where, especially because of that alibi, you know? Right, right. And, and this is from Austin Roommates. This is a, um, I, um, a Facebook post. Back on October 11th, so those that think that Facebook, they're too old for Facebook or young for Facebook, they didn't use it. It's not true. They were active on it. This is October 11th from Kaylee Goncalves, looking for a roommate to move in with me from February to June. I am coming from Idaho, so I'm not familiar with the area. So open to living anywhere in the Austin area. I am 21-year-old girl with a really sweet 20-pound dog. If anyone is looking for a place from February to June in Austin, let me know. So the rumors of her moving are true. Those aren't rumors. She she got a job. She got an intern job with a place, I believe it was called Extreme Tech or something like that. And she was moving away. Um, you know, you've, you see here that not just Jack, but the family assumed that this was going to be Jack's future wife. All right. So. Decor, 22, and Goncalves, 21, had been dating for five years when she broke things off with him just three weeks before the incident. This was a fresh thing. This wasn't something that happened a long time earlier. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. it, it, 
in other uh, interviews with uh, uh, Kay- Kaylee's mm-hmm. um, uh, family, it kind of made it seem like it was a lot longer. Exactly. Exactly. And that she was just wanting a break. She was being a brat. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. You know, right here it says, obviously he was sad, but they were still friends, said the aunt, who would only say that Goncalves was planning on moving away and that their split was amiable, meaning inevitable. Now, it was this this young lady wanting to leave Jack, right? And then also moving away and understanding that she's going to be living somewhere else, starting a life in Texas, uh, that the long distance isn't going to work. He was sad. This was per- somebody that he thought was going to be his wife. Somebody the family thought was going to be his wife, the love of his life. Moving away, moving on without him. Not saying he's anywhere near, you know, responsible or guilty or, or any of those things. But when you hear the family talk about Jack and you hear the family say, and I'm talking about Steve Goncalves and his wife, the Goncalveses, and you hear them say that in the last, you know, messages that they were calling him. And the last messages were, uh, we have a dog, we need to talk, come over. That sounds like she was trying to make things work out, not him. And when you see, um, you see her on the phone constantly, the entire night. And the family says that she was on the phone constantly, the entire time that she was a week at the parents' house with Jack. Now, is that somebody who is... Becoming a friend, maybe perhaps Kaylee didn't want to say anything negative about Jack. Oh, I'm talking to Jack. But if she was constantly on the phone that way, and if it was the same manner in which she was at, you know, at the grub truck, which kind of looked like somebody dealing with someone who could, you know, in a toxic relationship, couldn't handle somebody being out and about, out at that time. Somebody maybe perhaps that just got dumped a couple weeks earlier. Now the girlfriend is out at a bar getting drinks, going out, getting intoxicated around other men. And to the point where your ex-roommate is possibly, possibly, and I say possibly, texting you, letting you know something's going on or whatever, something maybe Maddie may have told him. And it gets back to Kaylee 200 feet, 200 feet from the time that she walks out of the corner club to the point where she's in front of that camera saying, Maddie, what did you tell Adam? So whatever Maddie told Adam, Adam told somebody, and it got back to Kaylee within her walking 200 feet. Yeah, that's a that's a close-knit circle right there. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm not trying to put, you know, point fingers in any direction. You know, and your only alibi is that you were asleep. I don't know how you get cleared if you were asleep. Unless somebody was in his bed with him the entire night. Yeah. Or at least checked up up there. You know where he's sleeping. Yeah, but, but even if, maybe there was somebody in his bed and they just haven't released it. That's true. That's true. But then it also comes into play. Like if he had somebody in his bed with him, somebody who um, was intimate with him, that liked him in that direction. Do you think they would be opposed of getting rid of the ex-girlfriend could be man i don't know what i'm more interested in is what um what their relationship was like how it was was it 
was toxic or what, because I never heard anything from the from the Goncalves family saying that there was a bad relationship. So what, what was the point of them breaking she, up? She lived out of town. She lived out of town. And and yeah. I mean, I and mean, you guys can tell me in the comment section, but if any of you guys have ever been a victim of a toxic relationship or whatnot, I'm certain and that you know the word love is blind isn't like you fall in love with somebody who isn't at your level or or you fall in love with somebody who's not at your um your league so to speak as far as attractiveness it's that sometimes you don't see those things that they're doing and you keep those things quiet as well and so kaylee may have kept those things quiet from her family she went on trips she uh went to mexico she 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 uh she was a very independent woman from all accounts yeah you know there there may have been things that she didn't tell her family about jack and that's not something that's uncommon in toxic relationships no yeah definitely yeah that, that's what i'm saying like i don't think it was just the, the fact that she was going to move away for her the reason to like call it you know quits with with this relationship i think it had more to do that there was more to it than that you know what i mean right no yeah for sure and you know when you think about that like you know long distance stuff works you know look at her post she was looking to be in austin from june or from february to june so it wasn't like she was going to be out of town for a significant long time who knows why it was only for that short amount of time maybe perhaps it was a uh you know, she was only planning on living in an apartment for six months and then hoped to buy a house or something bigger at that point. Maybe it was um, just a six-month contract to start it out. That's true. And if you're going into something like that where it's only six months and that's the length of the term of which your contract is or or your, your availability out of state, why are you going to break up with a guy that you've been with for five years? You know what I'm saying? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. More. All right. So Decor, who is a mechanical engineer major at the university, was initially considered a person of interest in the November 13th incident of Goncalves, her two roommates, Madison Mogan, Zana Kernodal, Colonel's boyfriend, Ethan Chapin. Authorities said. All right. So that answers the question there as to who thought he was a person of interest. Yep. Now, how much can your alibi change if you were really asleep that that you would get? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's not, not like oh, it's not like, you know, like if somebody said, hey, I went to the store and they're like, all right, whatever. You know, we have we have him saying he went to the store at this time and then he populates a receipt. All right. Then there's a little bit of proof behind that. What has he been able to prove since that night? to confirm that he was asleep somewhere. Um, I think the only thing that he did was send messages back, right? After in the morning. Possibly. Possibly. But that's, but that's, that's just in the morning. That doesn't account for the rest of the, the night, the earlier morning hours. Right now, let's put that in perspective. If he was living in town, that's a small town. You know, him answering the phone in the morning doesn't prove that he wasn't out that night before. Uh, Coeur d'Alene, his hometown where his parents live, about an hour and a half, two hour drive. I expect at night, that time, of, you know, that time of night, it's not going to be traffic or things of that nature. Yeah. You're angry. 
scared probably when you leave, you know, like, you know, kind of freaking out about what just occurred and what you just did. He's probably, you know, booking it both ways. And so, you know, unless he texted back at three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning saying, hey, I got up to go use the bathroom or whatever the case may be. It's going to be very difficult, in my opinion, to, to, to clear this man. And I don't understand why he's still not a person of interest. If his only, you know, because the family is the one who came out and said that the reason why he didn't answer those messages was because he was asleep. Mm -hmm. That's where that came from, that that's what his alibi is, where he was asleep and what, you know, what house he was at or whose bed he was in when he was asleep is a little bit of a question mark at this point. Definitely. Let's see. Hours before the incident. Goncalves and Mogan tried to call the court a total of 10 times, but he didn't answer. Police in Moscow, Idaho, said later that they looked into and cleared the phone calls and on November 23rd declared the court no longer considered a suspect. That that doesn't make sense. So the reason so you looked into the calls and you're saying, oh, yeah, you know what? Those calls make sense. His answer of he was asleep is enough for me. It's got to be more to that. It's got to be more to that. And the thing is, with so much finger pointing in this direction, so much finger pointing in this direction, you would assume that they would have come out with the alibi by now saying, hey, it wasn't him. He was asleep. We have the phone records. He woke up at this time. It would have been physically impossible for him to have woken up at this time, answered the phone and been at that location that soon after this incident or during the time of the incident. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And also, how go ahead. I said I'm also um I would I'm interested in hearing or like knowing what messages they were sending back and forth before um maybe like two two AM, you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. what because some if if they were sending messages that were, you know, you know, aggressive or not, then that could be a big factor in it. No, for sure. For sure. And it says here, detectives do not believe the male Kaylee and Madison attempted to contact numerous times on over 13th is involved in this crime. Is that because the calls themselves didn't seem to be alarming? Like the text messages that they sent weren't alarming to them. You know what I'm saying? Like just because, you know, she's calling and texting him and he's not answering and and what her statements are at that point are sincere or one of, you know, let's work this out. Whatever happened earlier in the day, maybe perhaps, you know, while he was potentially driving or whoever was driving uh, to Moscow, if that's where he was coming from out of town, maybe he left his phone behind accidental on purpose. One of the two. Um, perhaps that's why. You know, those calls didn't go on, go answered. That's not enough to clear my opinion. I just I find it crazy. And and the thing is to not come out and say, hey, this guy is cleared because of this. How does that impact the case? Mm -hmm. Like, how does saying that this guy and this guy was here at this location impact this case if he was if he's innocent? Yeah. All right. So, but many in internet sleuths, I'm talking to us, have pointed the finger at the court as the uh, the actor. Anyway, in a YouTube video posted by the account for the room on Thursday, host Jessica Dillis Davies 
pointed out the core's red flags in regards to the case. Nothing that he and Goncalves had recently broken up. The dog they bought as a couple did not alert to an intruder and was not harmed. After mentioning Goncalves' plan to relocate, uh, Davies said, we all know the most dangerous time for a woman is when she's trying to leave. They're just the most ridiculous conspiracies, Miller said, in response to the online claims vilifying the court. Goncalves' mother, father, and sister have publicly stated their support um, for Decor since her death. We all know beyond a shadow of doubt there's no way Jack would ever do anything like that to anybody, his aunt said. Uh, Decor now owns the fluffy golden pooch, Murphy, whom he and Goncalves bought as a couple. The dog who lived with Goncalves was found unscathed at the crime scene by police and initially turned over to animal services. Decor of Coeur d'Alene. Uh, Idaho is struggling at the thought of returning to the University of Idaho. It's hard for him to think about going back to Moscow because his family there was very involved with Kaylee's, Miller said. Miller started a give, send, go on December 6th with the goal of raising $20,000 so that Kaylee's family will be able to hire a private investigator, get expert legal advice, etc., she said, so far, 17212 has been collected in donations six weeks after the gruesome incident. The Moscow Police Department still doesn't have a suspect on the case. The very last thing this family wants to happen is for it to become a cold case, Miller said. We're going to call this family, decline the post request to comment on this situation. <sighs> you know what, man? I think I can leave this uh, this. Um, Maybe this is why they don't want to talk, because I leave this with more questions than answers. What do you guys think? No, yeah, definitely, man. Um, I feel like I feel like the internet is a little bit it's more is getting more information out than the actual cops at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. What about you, Big Blue? What do you do? You have more questions coming out of this statement? Um. Yeah, because, you know, there's there's a couple of things where, like, we all knew that nothing happened to the dog, but maybe that was his ulterior, ulterior motive the whole time, you know what I mean, to get yeah. the dog back. Because people get jealous, but also people get, there are some people out there that when they get, you know, broken up, and, and there's a rage, man, there's, there's a rage, and there's, there's a lot of, they do crazy things. I mean, just like last week in San, or maybe... A month ago in San Antonio, this one girl set the, her boyfriend's house on fire when she, when his cousin answered his phone. So people do some crazy stuff, um, and they have bad tempers, man. So it can happen. For sure, for sure. And, you know, like I said, this whole case has so many questions, and I think that there's more questions that are coming out. Hopefully the police are on to somebody. Hopefully the police have a suspect in mind and have their eyes on this person and are just waiting for some of the evidence um, we're getting a little bit long so we're going to put a bow on this any last uh words hyman blue we'll start off with you hyman. um when it comes down to jack unfortunately um he could well not unfortunately but he could easily be innocent mm -hmm. but he could easily also be a part of it you know what i mean yeah, because of the lack of a, a, a alibi but who knows only the law enforcement can end up, end up telling us if he is or he's not. 
100, 100. What about you, Big Blue? Any final words or thoughts, theories? Yeah, I just want to let everybody know that uh, these are just our thoughts and theories and speculations. You know, it's not that we're pointing fingers at him. Um, you know, so let's let the police do their work and let's hope this case doesn't get it to be a cold case, you know. For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to say for this holiday, you know, it's tough for the families of this of these girls and and this, and this gentleman uh, to be without their family members this Christmas. It's not a happy Christmas for them. Yeah. Uh, so you know, thoughts and prayers go out to them. For sure. sure. Exactly. Exactly. Thoughts and prayers, and I want to say uh, Merry Christmas to everybody watching again, still tuning in. Uh, 52 minutes into this we appreciate that this was supposed to be a 10 minute show it was turned a little turned a little bit longer we uh we, we found some things and we had to we had to discuss yeah. um make sure you hit the subscribe button so that way you're notified when we do these uh segments and we also go live we plan on doing so this week i want to say merry christmas again have a happy new year merry y'all be everybody. safe out there um if you're watching well everybody's watching this on the replay uh, <laughs> give us your thoughts and theories in the comment section y'all uh, well, that being said, man, we're the uh, Drunk Turkey Show. We appreciate everybody. We appreciate all the comments and all the love that we've gotten. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want to say thank you to all our members, our newest ones. There's there's a few of them. We have TF, Darling, Dorita43, Fafuki420 Mama, Cheryl Stapleton, Free Flight, Bernadita Oliver, Susan G, George Teston, Carol Kidlerman, Leticia Guerra, Kara Fro, Pam Thorson, Nine millimeter and lipstick, who's also one of our amazing moderators, and Amber Ness. Thank you guys. We appreciate you. you all. Merry Christmas Thank and y'all everybody. have a safe holiday. Peace. Merry Christmas. Take care. Hey Blue, did that um uh,